Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Nourish Babes podcast. In this episode, we're talking all about skin health. If you're someone who struggles with acne, eczema, rosacea, melasma, psoriasis, hyperpigmentation, or other skin issues, this episode is for you. We're going to discuss our own experiences with acne and skin issues, and then five supportive steps for clear, beautiful skin, including our favorite skincare products. First, let's get into our own experiences with struggling with skin issues. So Bella, start us off. So I definitely struggled with acne for most of my young 20s, teenage years. So starting around freshman year of high school, of course I started struggling with acne, like that post-puberty period. And again, I was just like your typical teenager with acne. Then in my sophomore year, I actually got really sick and I had to go to the hospital. And in the hospital, they gave me steroids. And since that episode of having steroids, my acne became so bad. It was like worse and worse. It was mostly on my cheeks, but it was also all over my face. But on my cheeks, it was the worst. And it was that like deep, painful cystic acne. Of course, it's super embarrassing, but it's also really painful. So of course I was super embarrassed by it. I would cover up with tons of makeup and I tried all the products from like proactive to drugstore products to Chinese medicine herbs and even like putting lemon juice on my skin. It was, I tried literally everything. And I struggled with it for literally over seven years. Of course, at that time, I was also struggling with hormonal imbalances like poor thyroid function and estrogen dominance. So that was likely the root cause of why I was struggling with acne. Again, it kind of kicked off by those steroids, but it stayed around because I was struggling with those hormonal imbalances. So when it finally started to heal, I wish I could tell you that there was just this one thing that cured my acne, but of course it's never that simple. It wasn't until I really started working on those hormonal imbalances, like increasing my thyroid function and detoxifying excess estrogen by just eating more, eating more protein and reducing my overall toxin exposure, just living like an overall more nourished and less stressful life, that's when my acne started to fade. Now, I rarely struggle with acne. I will get some pimples around my luteal phase, but they're those super surface level, like little tiny white heads that feel like nothing. Also, uh, other skin issues, I do struggle with eczema sometimes, and but it's usually a reason for it. Like I'm not taking care of myself or I'm dealing with a lot of stress eczema will like pop up especially on my elbows but as soon as I address and lower my stress it totally goes away so again there's not like this one thing that is making my acne or my eczema coming out it's usually always stress yeah so for me I also struggled with very painful red and embarrassing cystic acne probably from the years of about 2013 to 2016 was all over my jawline, not really on my cheeks, but more so like mm-hmm. jaw. And I 
definitely had scars from it. I would pick it so hard. Mm-hmm. It was so painful. I also had really bad acne all over like my butt and my back and the back of my legs, which is super embarrassing and so annoying. This was also really when I was struggling with my gut health too. So there's a super clear connection, at least for me, with my skin issues and acne and my gut function. I wish that I had pictures of myself to show like a before and after. Mm -hmm. However, I was so embarrassed. I hated my skin. It was so red, so irritated, scarring, and I refused to have photos taken. I also used to struggle with what I think was like rosacea. I would get really flushed and red after eating a lot. So I think it was some kind of histamine reaction or rosacea. I didn't really know at the time, but now knowing what I know, I'm like, yeah, that was some kind of gut food reaction and um, showed up on my skin. So of course I tried a lot, probably not as much as you, Bella, but I did try a lot. I had a six step skincare routine. I spent so much money on different products. Thank God I never took medication for it, but I know plenty of people Mm -hmm. who have been on antibiotics for years or like things like Accutane for their acne. For me, nothing ever worked topically. I at one point was washing my face multiple times per day because I thought it was dirty and using all these skincare products and yeah, nothing was really helping. So fast forward to now, I literally never wash my face. If I ever wear makeup, I wipe it off with coconut oil and a washcloth. I still kind of like Bella, get the occasional pimple, usually when I'm stressed or in my luteal face. And yeah, seriously, not many complaints about my skin at this point. So as far as what we've done to get here, we are going to discuss in a minute. So first we want to acknowledge that healing absolutely takes time. You can't expect to just like make one lifestyle change or start taking one supplement and your acne is going to magically heal. It takes an entire like lifestyle adjustment, especially if you're living like a very stressful, toxic, polluted life. So increasing nourishment and lowering stress and becoming more resilient to stress is what's actually going to heal your acne. So to get into our five recommendations, we want to mention that most of these recommendations apply if you're struggling with acne because that is the most common complaint that we both get. But just know that they absolutely apply to all other skin conditions as well. So the first one is to support your liver function and we've just did a whole entire liver episode so definitely go back to that if you want more information but how do we support our liver so the first is just lowering your overall toxin exposure when your liver is so overburdened with so many toxins coming in from our modern toxic world it's so it's just too much for the liver to handle and so the next best place for your liver or for your body to eliminate toxins is through the skin so again if you're intaking so many toxins your liver becomes so overburdened and the only other place it can eliminate is through the skin Uh, other ways to support your liver function are raw carrot salads or gentle fibers from things like fruit and this just helps ensure that you're pooping daily because pooping is one of the best ways to eliminate toxins your liver detoxifies those toxins sends them to the gut and then hopefully eliminates them from the body castor oil packs again we've talked about before a very gentle easy way to support your liver along with other herbs like dandelion or digestive bitters again those are really liver supportive 
Um, lastly, beets, tart cherry juice, nettle, all those really mineral rich foods and herbs can be very supportive for liver health. So number two is lower your stress. Just stress in general, um, especially for those of you who struggle with eczema and rosacea. So the stress piece is huge. Of course, there's so much to this, but here are a couple of simple tips. So one of the biggest ones is just changing your lifestyle and simplifying your life. Of course, when it comes to stress, you can use things like yoga and meditation and breath work and herbal support. Things like reishi and ashwagandha and holy basil are amazing, but I find for most of my clients, you have to get really clear on what's actually stressing you out in the first place. Um, also forgot to mention, there's a brand called Wish Garden Herbs that I love that has some tinctures that are really easy to use during immediate times of stress. There's one called Deep Stress. There's another one called Emotional Ally. I like to use as more of like temporary, uh, in the moment, stress relieving things. However, like we just have always say, it's you have to get really clear on what, what other big lifestyle things are stressing you out. So we have a whole episode on this. Um, go back and listen, episode 16. It's all about some underlying causes of stress and lots of tips to support you. In my own experience, I used to be super, super stressed. And I would say the things that have helped me manage my stress better aren't things like herbs or supplements. It's quitting my job and spending more time in the sun, making room in my schedule to literally do nothing, having a super slow, relaxing morning, creating a life that I didn't need a vacation from, ending toxic relationships, setting boundaries, living more of my truth. And I know these things are very big and daunting and hard to do, but the reality is a lot of stress relieving techniques can get you through till tomorrow or through the moment that you're stressed out, but tomorrow's going to come and you're going to have more stressors. So getting clear on maybe some of those other really big underlying things that are causing you stress is where you're going to make more of an impact. Some other tips, eating enough carbs, super simple. Carbs are anti-stress. They fuel the body during times of stress. It's no wonder you crave carbs. We just did a whole episode on cravings. Go back and listen to that because there's so many different reasons why carbs, you can crave carbs, but one of the biggest ones is that you're experiencing stress. Uh, so some of my favorite carbs to include if I'm experiencing a little bit more stress include orange juice, mangoes, white potatoes, white rice, and sourdough bread. Another big one that is super easy and really helpful are magnesium baths. So your body is depleted from magnesium when you're under chronic stress. So magnesium baths, we recommend doing a magnesium flake bath instead of a Epsom salt bath. Epsom salt is a different form of magnesium. It's magnesium sulfate, whereas magnesium flakes are magnesium chloride tend to be easier on your body to absorb and digest and assimilate. I guess not digest because you're absorbing it through your skin. But um, they tend to be a little bit more expensive, but know that you're absorbing more. Also, if you have access to local hot springs, I do in Utah, this is an amazing option because there's so many minerals in hot springs and those can be very supportive for uh, stressful times. Another one, adrenal cocktails, super easy. Adrenal cocktails, if you have not heard of them, it's just a little bit of orange juice, coconut water, sea salt. I like to add collagen for a little bit of protein in there. These are going to provide your body with easy to digest carbohydrates, sodium, potassium, and vitamin C, all of which help your body 
respond to stress better. So again, adrenal cocktails, magnesium, eating enough carbs, those are going to be really helpful in the immediate moments, but the reality is you want to get clear on what other things are stressing you out. One more is minimizing blue light at night. So I'm not going to go too into this, but go back to episode all on light for all about how you can maximize your exposure to light in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, and how that is super supportive for gut and hormone health. It's also really supportive for minimizing stress on your body. Yes, and getting like actual deep restful sleep so that you can recover and your next day aren't so stressful. The third recommendation we have is to support estrogen detoxification. And this is especially true if you struggle with like that hormonal acne that comes right before your period, or if you've been struggling with post birth control acne. I know that is so common in this day and age. So how can we do this? The first and foremost is to limit those xenoestrogens. So again, hormonal birth control, phytoestrogens, and things like nuts, seeds, beans, soy, Uh, Tap water has xenoestrogens, alcohol, pesticides, food additives, plastics, makeup, skincare, household cleaners, candles, fragrance. I know it sounds overwhelming, but there are so many xenoestrogens literally everywhere in our modern day life. And we already live in such an estrogenic society that these are just contributing to more estrogen and that can absolutely contribute to acne especially. So limiting xenoestrogens wherever you can, obviously changing from 100 to zero immediately is very difficult, but slowly making those changes over time will have a huge impact. Another way to support estrogen detoxification is by supporting progesterone production because those two hormones um, balance each other out. So one of the best ways to get enough progesterone is that early light morning light exposure because when that early light hits your eyes it helps your body produce pregnenolone which is the precursor to progesterone and when we have enough progesterone it's less likely that we'll have so much excess estrogen or when sometimes we're not necessarily dealing with so much estrogen but rather our progesterone is so low and so it's making it seem like we're having more estrogen than we actually do Another recommendation is to limit vegetable oils. Vegetable oils are inherently estrogenic, meaning they literally mimic estrogen when within the body. So these also clog up our cells, they clog up our liver cells and can absolutely lead to acne. Um, so just make sure you're reading the labels whenever you buy processed packaged food. They, vegetable oils are literally everywhere, especially of course canola oil, but also those sunflower and safflower oils I see them in almost all packaged foods. And the last recommendation to help support estrogen detoxification is to consider a vitamin E supplement. Um, Especially, again, if you spent the majority of your life consuming those processed foods that are filled with vegetable oils. Vitamin E helps to actually mitigate the damage caused by these oils and can be super supportive. So you can either ingest it orally or even use it topically on your face or wherever you're struggling with skin issues. I like two brands, Unique E is a really great one or Thorns Ultimate E is another great vitamin E supplement. Yay, so number four is love your gut. So the gut skin access is 
Maybe you've heard of it before. It's this concept surrounding the relationship between gut health and the skin. It has been found that when gut health or digestive balance is off, the skin can become irritated. Skin irritations might include things like breakouts or sensitivities, redness, signs of aging, and so much more. So for me, my gut health and skin health were so connected. I, as my gut was improving, I directly saw like my skin health was improving. So a couple tips around this, reduce harder to digest or gut irritating foods. So especially things like vegetable oils, all your artificial sugars, refined flours, and obviously like processed foods in general, things that are in a box that have 50 ingredients, like long lists of ingredients, you're going to want to avoid those. Also some other ones, improperly prepared grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. So things that have not been sprouted, fermented, or soaked and raw cruciferous veggies those can be irritating and then you want to increase your consumption of gut healing skin nourishing foods some examples include things like egg yolks bone broth sea salt fruit especially kiwi oranges grapefruit strawberries berries in general ghee or butter coconut oil all seafood raw dairy liver beef and oysters are some of my favorites. And in general, you just wanna focus on these nutrients that are really great for gut health, but also for skin health. So these include zinc, vitamin A, vitamin C, collagen, and protein. Loving your gut is loving your skin. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Okay, and then to wrap up, our last recommendation is to simplify your skincare regimen. Oh my gosh, the average woman uses dozens of products on their face and body daily. I think the EWG has a a study or something that the average woman uses over 150 different chemicals on their body, even before eating breakfast, which is just outrageous. And that totally goes back to like limiting your xenoestrogen, simplifying your life. So we've created these like seven step, 10 step skincare routines. And I'm like, is that really necessary? Or do these giant conglomerates just want your money and want you to buy more products? But is that actually going to be healing your skin? We always question like, what did our ancestors do? What did they have access to? They probably did support their skin, but in super minimal skincare routines. So for us, we absolutely love saturated skincare, meaning the oils are primarily made of saturated fats. Of course, they might have a variety of monounsaturated or unsaturated, but the majority of these fats are saturated. And this is because saturated fats are more resistant to damage caused by light, heat, and oxygen. So some of our favorite brands just in general are Cosma. She has a great amount of saturated fat-based skincare, but other skincare brands that we love are Primarily Pure, um, Evan Healy. I love all of their hydrosols. If you use soap, we'll talk about soap in a minute, but if you do use soap, you can try Alivia soap. It's actually not technically soap, but it kind of feels like soap. And then lately I've been buying the Honest brand for shampoo, but you can also use it as a body wash if you're interested. Um, Also, you can make your own homemade towel bomb. Maddie's gonna talk about her recipe, 
but she made me some and I'm seriously obsessed. I'm like, I could never run out of this. If I do, you have to make me more because it is just so luscious and nourishing. Um, you can also use other oils and fats like jojoba oil, cacao, or shea butter. All of these are very nourishing to the skin. Yeah, so we wanted to share our own skincare regimen because we've we've simplified our own skincare and wanted to just show you that it can be really easy. So um, for me, for my face, I like I said before, I used to have this crazy routine where I'd wash my face and apply all these different like toners and cleansers and night balms and day balm, like whatever, so much nowadays. I literally I rinse sometimes in the morning. Usually I don't I literally never wash my face (laughs) unless I'm feeling like I got super sweaty that day or like dirty but even then I will rinse my face with just plain water that's pretty rare um obviously I'll rinse my face in the shower but literally I never use soap on my face ever and that's been the past probably five five five-ish years or more and then as far as moisturizer goes I make that homemade beef tallow balm Um, If you're not familiar with beef tallow, it is literally the fat from beef. It can smell a little bit beefy. It's a great fat to cook with, but it's also really good for your skin. I know some people may have issues with it, but I've been using beef tallow on my face for probably a couple years and had no issues with it. So I will share the link of the recipe that I've used before in the show notes. It's literally tallow. I use the Epic brand tallow, olive oil maybe some vitamin E, and I add frankincense to mine. So super simple. So after I rinse, um, I will apply that homemade beef tallow balm, and I love to do a hydrosol too. So I wanted to mention what a hydrosol is. Hydrosols are water-based products made from the distillation or the water or the steam of plant matter. So it's not like an essential oil. It is like the, the watery components of a plant. It's if you've ever used rose water on your face, that's essentially what it is. It looks it looks literally like water, but you spray it on your face. It's very, uh, it's very refreshing. So I will do my beef towel balm, and then I'll do a couple of sp- sprays of a hydrosol. I think I have like lavender or geranium right now. Um, so I will do that, and that's literally it. I said before, sometimes if I do wear makeup, I will get it off with a little bit of coconut oil or jojoba oil. But yeah, basically no washing my face ever. Sometimes rinsing and then homemade beef towel balm and hydrosol. So also for my body, I rarely use soap. Sometimes I'll use some Dr. Bronner's or like a a soap bar that I buy from the farmer's market. But for the most part, rarely never, rarely use soap, which people think is crazy. Um, And also I rarely use lotion on my body. And if I do, it's going to be like jojoba oil, coconut oil, or some tallow balm for like more dry spots. Also, keep in mind, I live in Utah. It's super, super dry there. So people think like it's crazy that I don't use lotion on my skin. I definitely used to have to use lotion on my skin when my gut was especially bad. I would get like really dry cracked knuckles and really dry skin. And nowadays, I don't really have to use lotion. Like I said, I'll do more of like a spot treatment. And I think that it's because my gut health is so great now. Also, I think it's because my liver function has improved and... The fats that I eat essentially are helping, you know, the fats that you eat lubricate your skin and keep them hydrated. So that's kind of my skincare routine, super simple, uh, very affordable, and very minimal. 
I also want to talk about my sister. She does something called the oil cleansing method. You can look this up online. I remember when I first was looking into like other skincare things, I saw oil cleansing and I was like, no way, you're not supposed to put oil on your skin. This is so bad. But what my sister does, I think she uses a brand called Crude, but you can use just plain oils, things like olive oil or jojoba oil. You essentially, the idea behind it is that like dissolves, right? Like dissolves like. So if you're putting oil on your face, it's going to help dissolve some of the oil and cleanse. So she puts the oil on her face, um, rubs it in, wipes it off with a washcloth, and then puts the oil back on her face to kind of hydrate. She likes that because it makes her feel like a little bit more like clean on her face, whereas me, I don't really care. I just like will rinse my face or just like let it be. Um, but you can look up more information online about the oil cleansing method, which is another option. I love it. So simple. Mine, again, is very similar and still very simple and minimal. Just like Maddie, I usually just wash my wa- my water, wash my face with water on a washcloth and just I don't go very hard, um, just very gentle, just c- to kind of get off all the dead skin from the night or the day or whatever. Again, if I do wear makeup, I'll take a little bit of co- coconut oil or jojoba oil on a cotton round and just wipe my skin off with that to make sure all the makeup comes off. And then I might go in with a water, a washcloth with water and do it again. Um, once I, my face is clean, so-called, again, I just use water. Um, then I use a hydrosol. I like the Evan Healy lavender one. And this is a really important step because I think a lot of people just put oils on their skin or fat on their skin, but they don't realize that your skin is made of both oil and fat. So it's kind of like when you're making a dressing and the fat and the oil, the water and the oil don't mix. And so you want to make sure that you're adding some kind of water element to your skin so that it's actually hydrating. I've heard there's a difference between like dehydrated skin and dry skin. And usually dry skin is from not having enough water in your skin. So if you put just oil on your skin, it's actually not going to hydrate it. So lavender, hydrosol overall all over my face and then I put squalene oil squalene I'm not sure how you exactly pronounce it but it's just like this super light um oil made the one I buy is made from sugarcane but it can be made from other things and I just like that it's really light and it doesn't really feel like you have a lot of stuff on your skin and then after that I go in with a towel bomb either from Cosma or the one that Maddie made me that I'm obsessed with currently so again super simple super minimal it doesn't have to be all of these steps with all of these weird ingredients that i can't even pronounce um lately for my body too i've been doing coconut oil baths and i don't do this every day because i think if i were to do it every day it would like disrupt my skin microbiome a little bit too much but when i'm feeling like a little drier like i want to give myself a little mini spa i basically go into the bathtub and take coconut oil and rub it all over my skin um like head to toe and and then i'll like lay in the bath and i think again that water from the bath and the oil together kind of helps really hydrate my skin after it's on there for like 10 20 30 minutes then i'll take a washcloth and wipe it all off just so i'm not like super oily when i get out you definitely want to keep like a few dedicated washcloths for this because oh my god it become the washcloth is so gross after and you're just like how is all of this on my skin like i seemed 
perfectly clean, but it's just like a combination of dirt and dead skin and the coconut oil just makes the washcloth kind of brown. But oh, I love that. And then you, when you get out, you don't feel like super oily. You just feel nice and hydrated and I love that. Also, if you get those like chicken spots behind the back of your arms, I've noticed that that has really helped. Also like Maddie, I rarely ever use soap. I don't really like soap. I feel like soap is very drying and harsh. Um, but my fiance does love that like soap feeling. So I do buy him the Olivia, Olivia soap for his body. But me personally, I never use soap. Not on my vagina, not on my armpits, nothing. Like literally just water and or the coconut oil. And she doesn't smell. No, I don't <laughs> smell. I also don't like to shower very often, but I think my skin appreciates that. Um... Also, I just want to mention again, like this is what we do, but you definitely don't need to copy us. Everyone is going to react differently. I've known some people who break out really bad from tallow. And so if that doesn't work for you, try something else. And also that again, nourishment comes from within. I think when you were talking about the dry weather in Utah, I totally like felt that when I got there, but the more like dairy I drink and quality fats and it's like you're lubricating your skin from within, then you're not going to get dry skin nearly as much if you're nourishing your body with delicious foods. So we wanted to mention a little bit about dairy and skin health because that comes up so often. It's like, oh, you have acne or you have rosacea or eczema, like take out dairy from your diet. So we didn't want to go too far into it, but in short, dairy does not directly cause skin issues. There's so much to this issue, but the reality is, for me personally, I've never had better skin and I've never consumed so much dairy in my life. Literally every single day, multiple times per day, I have some kind of dairy. Then um, that's been the last couple years. So just note what's important when it comes to dairy consumption is your own gut function, your hormone function and hormone balance, the additives that are found in the dairy, the quality of the dairy, and so much more. So in some cases, raw dairy can actually be really amazing for your skin because all of the good bacteria and fat-soluble vitamins. So we have a whole episode on dairy. That is episode 10 to learn more. Absolutely. I feel like the first recommendation if you have acne is cut out dairy and gluten. And it's like first of all, what kind of dairy are you drinking? If it's typical high uh, homogenized pasteurized dairy, of course that's not going to be great for your skin or had those additive vitamin A and D. Like it's all within context. Yes. So to wrap up, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you learned something new about skin or how you can potentially heal your own skin. If you have any questions about this episode or any of our episodes, please don't hesitate to contact us. Maddie, where can people contact you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at thegutgoddess or on my website, thegutgoddess.com. Yes, and me, Bella, you can find my Instagram. My handle is nourishwithbella or I have lots of resources on my website, nourishwithbella.com. So again, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next week.